opportunities after further review as this is one of Frank's favorite songs. Do not listen to him. He is selling you snake oil. We don't sell snake oil, but we provide an entertaining and thought-provoking sports show on 88.3 WXUT. Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And sometimes we provide a life lesson. Ain't that right, Frank? Life lesson, my ass. Don't be a hater. And tune in to AFR Saturday mornings, 11 to 1 on WXUT. this song frank i do not it's laugh now or cry later drizzy and little dirt oh i mean basically when we're talking about michigan and michigan state football some weekends they make you want to laugh and celebrate and then sometimes you gotta cry later after some humbling defeats well it's been in most of the latter this season a lot of crying yeah, well, you got well, a new coaching stand. Wait a minute. You guys are not the little brother this year. So that was a, well, a high, gonna... a laughing at the Wolverines. But uh, well, here, well, let me get, well, 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 get in detail. Listen to 88.3 WTT's after further review. We got David, the man that got Harris on the phone lines. And then we'll get Frank's, basically the state of Michigan. This is both, right? Yes. So give us the state of Michigan and Michigan State football. Who are you starting out with first? Well, I'll actually start off with uh, my team, who's okay. playing right now, mm-hmm. and that's Michigan State. Okay. Now, I'm going to preface this by saying Mel Tucker mm-hmm. gets a pass from me, as he should from pretty much every other Spartan fan, because you have to remember, he took over the program in February. Mm-hmm. Not long after that, mm-hmm. COVID hits, shuts everything down. Doesn't get spring practice, doesn't get time to work with his guys or anything like that. In fact, the program was even shut down during the summer, too, because players had COVID. So he basically only got four and a half weeks with his team before the season started. Okay. And, of course, as a result, lost to Rutgers' first game. Now, Grant, now I know people would say, oh, my God, you lost to Rutgers. I'll say this. Rutgers is not the same Rutgers that we saw the last couple of years with Chris Ash because that was well, just Chris, a downright clown show. Chris Ass. <laughs> yeah. Well, with Shiano there, but he still has to rebuild it, and it's going to be oh, yeah. off and well, on. He He'll has. get it back to where it used to be when he was there. Because in that week, I, and I know people are talking so much crap, and I, but you have to remember, Greg Shiano got there in December. He had time to recruit some of his guys, and he brought in nine transfers from the portal who played, who were able to play immediately. And a lot, and some of those guys were actually from the Big Ten. Aaron Crookshank, who was a pretty solid receiver from Wisconsin. Michael Dwumfor, a defensive lineman from Michigan. And so he's got he's got guys there and I think as evidenced by their game against Ohio State last week even though they were getting beat he he was willing to actually they actually kept fighting and they were st- they were doing double passes on punts and they I think they actually covered the spread in that game cuz I think Ohio State was a 39 point favorite and Rutgers ended up come 
pulling off, coming back, making it somewhat respectable. So I don't think Rutgers is no longer the doormat in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. I think we all can say that. Ugh. Now, uh, and of course, last week, getting a giving up a 50-burger to Iowa, which I, I'm really not entirely sure what to make of that because I had... I had heard many report that, oh, Iowa's falling apart, our players are leaving, Kirk Ferentz may or may not be an ardent racist because there's allegations of him doing some racist stuff, and my thoughts are, unless you've got a smoking gun of him calling somebody the Mm N-word, I'm not going to put much stock into it. I digress. But... I think I was a little bit better. I guess has got a little bit better than expected. I mean, they did uh, beat Minnesota 35-7 last night, but again, I don't think that's saying too much because I think Minnesota is a downright disaster. Mm-hmm. Or which I'll get into them a little bit more now. It, are they a dis- okay? Well, I was as, say, for, as for the as for the win, as for the win, Fleck or because of talent. Or well, wait to see because it's a, it's only a small sample. Frank. Well, small I do sample. I do know that in week one they were without a lot of players due to COVID, and they had a, a few other issues too. And I I guess they and apparently against um, Maryland that those issues came through as is their kicker missed an extra point in overtime. Um, they did beat <laughs> Heat Illinois, and then they go and. And get stomped by Iowa last night. Mm-hmm. So, well, I mean, look. For, as for Michigan State, I mean, the only issue I have is what it, when you lost to Iowa and you were getting beat by a thirty-five nothing. My only issue with Mel Tucker is why not put in some of your younger guys, get some playing time, empty your bench out. You didn't get a spring practice. Is you you need time to evaluate your guys and see who you got, uh, or at least uh, give another quarterback a chance to. Because I mean, Rocky Lombardi, I'm not entirely sold on. And, I mean, he's because th- he's been highly turnover prone. I know he had 300 yard games, and some of the turnovers in the Rutgers game, which they had seven of them, weren't on him. It was guys just not being able to hold on to the football. Uh, and, of course, I, I think that with MSU, whoever ends up uh, starting the game at quarterback or at least finishing it for the Ohio State game is probably going to be your quarterback next year. And now I did hear Rico Beard say this on his podcast. He's not sure if MSU's quarterback of the future is even on the roster. Because if they're sticking with Rocky, hmm. I mean, everyone says, talks about, oh, well, let's give Peyton Thorne a chance or – Noah Kim, and I hear you say, some people still want to say, oh, well, what about Theo Day? Well, I think Theo Day is probably the odd man out. I mean, what little bit I've heard of him, I guess people aren't too impressed. So I would say, you know what, give Peyton Thorne and Noah Kim a chance, see what they can do, and if not, then what would be, what's it going to hurt? I mean, nobody, nobody's expecting you to win anything. And we un- I understand it's going to be a rebuild. You got you kind of got a mess when you walked in to, in to begin with, and you had 
things not go your way which with COVID and everything else. I get it. If this was happening in year three, we're having a different conversation. Mm. But he, but in the here and now, stuff's got. There's a lot of stuff that's got to be righted. A lot of stuff that's got to be fixed. It's going to come in due time. So, to Michigan State fans listening, I say have patience. And if this is happening further on down the road, then it's different. But for now, just let. I say just leave it go. Games are going to be ugly. You're just going to have to take the medicine. It's not going to taste good, but it is what it is. Now, as for Michigan, this is where I'm going to be a lot more scathing. I've said on this show, Jim Harbaugh is in year six. And I know, Derek, that you had said that he was going to make Michigan into a national championship contender. And, you know, I may have, I said, you know, my thoughts probably were, you know, he could probably get there at some point. Well, in that time, hasn't beaten Ohio State, hasn't won a division, hasn't won a Big Ten championship, has won one bowl game, zero trips to the playoffs, And, of course, the loss to Michigan State. Here's what I'll say about that. This wasn't a case of, oh, well, Michigan State got lucky on some fluke play. No, there was no trouble with the snap. There was no, oh, oh, they got, was because of rain. No. None of that. Let me tell you what Michigan State did in that game. They had probably 25% of their offensive playbook installed. Um, and everyone during that game was wondering, hey, who's this number seven receiver left in White? Is Cody White still there? I thought he was gone. It was Ricky White, freshman out of Marietta, Georgia. And all that he was doing, it was basically like he and Rocky Lombardi were throwing the football around in the backyard. He says, said, hey, Ra- hey, Ricky, run to the mailbox, run up the mailbox, and then cut in, I'll get you the ball. That's all it was. How many adjustments did Michigan make defensively? None. Hun, they just kept leaving, sig- they just played single coverage the whole time. No safety help. I mean, it's fundamentals defensively. If a receiver's beat you that bad, at least shadow him with a safety he, or play too high. Hell. That's what I saw Clinton do last night. Hide against Blissfield. They were shit. They were they were having their safeties cheat over her to stop Zach Horky, who is one of the best receivers in the LCAA. And you think that Don Brown, Doctor Blitz, the guy who who Harbaugh brings in as defensive coordinator, and a lot of Michigan fans thought was going to make them elite? Nope. Just play single high. And I'm just going to keep trying to play bully ball, which he can only do against dumpster fire teams like Minnesota. So, and it was, and of course, and it wasn't just the Mich- game against Michigan State. It was also evidence against Indiana as well. But Indiana's tough at home. We have said this on now, the show several now, times. Now, I, in, in, in <laughs> fairness, I will, I will say, 
I have said on this show and other places as well, I think Indiana is pretty good this year. I've said Michael Penix Jr. is the best quarterback in the Big Ten, not named Justin Fields. So, And I think Tom Allen's finally got things going there. And, of course, the question is, can he keep his guys focused before a big showdown with Ohio State? Because the winner of that game next week is going to Indianapolis for the Big Ten Championship. Unless something completely bat bleep crazy happens. But I think Michigan and Jim Harbaugh, he has worn out his welcome. And we've seen it in other places as well. We saw it at Stanford. We saw it with the 49ers. And we're seeing it here. And if you want further proof, Harbaugh is currently in the next to last year of his current deal. Mm -hmm. There has been no talk of him getting signed to an extension. And I don't think it would be a good look if he got signed to an extension. When the team's currently 1-2, and lost to Michigan State again, who isn't very... I'll be honest, is not good at all. And also loses by double digits to Indiana for the first lose to Indiana for the first time since 1987. Mm-hmm. And and from several people I've talked to, I, I've told them, I said, look, guys, this is gonna end either two ways. There's gonna be an amicable separation between both parties, or it's gonna end. Pretty nasty. And the consensus is, yeah, it's probably they're probably going to end up going their separate ways at the end of the season. It could be a possibility. I could see that happening. I mean, that stuff has not ended well for Harbaugh in any of his spots. So, yeah, that could be a possibility. Um, David, your thoughts of what or, you know, what do you want to chew off of this? Because you are the, the football expert. No, I would definitely echo similar thoughts about what's happening in Michigan State with the kind of the expect every coach in their first year needs some time to install philosophies, install playbook, kind of kind of work with the players there, but then it takes time. And so you can understand the growing pains in East Lansing. I think a lot of, I would be hard pressed to find any Michigan State fan that will say, Oh, we need to win. We need to be competitive. Like, obviously, within this division, you're expecting to play Ohio State tough, play Michigan tough, play Penn State tough, like, play Wisconsin. Like, you're supposed to play those teams tough. But no one really expects kind of this, you know, two-loss or three-loss team. There's going to be growing pain. And so I think I would kind of echo what Frank said, kind of first, you know, pump the brakes, kind of – Give time. We're starting to see some pieces. Now, obviously, the quarterback situation, I would kind of push back a little bit about kind of not kind of riding the starters out because if those are your, kind of your first-team guys, you want to see, and, you know, this was classic coach speak, you want to see what your players are made out of when, you know, things are hitting the fan, when things aren't executing. Like, can you dig tough? Can you continue to compete? And I think that's going to – Again, coach speak, that's going to show a lot about who your players are, kind of not just on the field, but then off the field. Kind of how do they care themselves, knowing that they just got blown out? How are they going to respond in this next game? Now, granted, right now, they're playing a tough Indiana team that's just kind of punching them in the face. But again, it's 
you're learning who your players are so that in year two, okay, even if there is a quarterback switch, kind of you can kind of have something to go off of and you can try it's really instilling confidence from coach to players in this first year. And particularly if they continue to play I don't want to say poorly, but they're struggling right now against Indiana, kind of as we're taping this. So there's going to be some questions asked, like, okay, perhaps there's some questions of, hey, in the second half, do you think about putting in, if not just a whole second team, but trying some of the quarterbacks out, just to, like you always say, what do they have? And so if I'm a Michigan State fan, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that it's time to panic, but you should have expected this. Like, and again, Indiana is a strong team. We've said it on the show for a while. I think, again, Michigan, you have the question, is Jaron Harbaugh still the guy? Like, and I'll flat out, like, when they brought Jim Harbaugh in, you know, Michigan man, we're expecting him to be great. We're expecting him to win championships. They're expecting greatness, and he's barely being good as a coach. Like, yes, they're winning, but are you winning the big games, which is what you were brought in to do? Yes, you're winning, but are you winning those tough physical games that help really define kind of your tenure in this Michigan program? Or, like, I don't say you're being up on little sisters of the poor because, honestly, the Big Ten is really top-heavy, and we've known that for a while now. But even in those losses, like, are you being competitive? And then something I was just looking up, Kind of, kind of thinking about this question, which with particularly within this Ohio State Michigan rivalry, and you guys will probably know more than I will. It was always kind of a kind of a jaw-dropping situation if someone from Ohio went to play for Michigan. It was always so heartbreaking for someone from Michigan to come down to Columbus. Like there was always that rivalry where you were competitive trying to get those recruits to add to this aspect of the rivalry. If you look at the roster of Michigan now, it's all Northeast. Like, where is that tough physical kind of getting those players that you know your rivals are trying to get, you know that your rivals have them on their short list? Like, you're not even competing for those guys. Like, you, if I'm Michigan, I should be trying to build at home build Ohio, build Michigan, build, I guess, Illinois, Indiana, but primarily, like, you're maybe even competing for the same caliber of players as the Ohio State. Dare I say, if I'm if I'm a recruit right now and I could choose between Michigan and Michigan State, I'm heading to East Lansing, like, with a first-year head coach over a guy that's been here six, seven years, but it's kind of in that hamster wheel. And we've talked about the hamster wheel right now. At some point, you need to make that change. You need to look at yourself and say, okay, can we get someone better, Michigan men or not? Well, David, and then, David, it's it's kind of funny you mentioned that, that where you're going to go because, I'm, you, I'm, as I mentioned, you want to go, you want to go somewhere where the coach is going to at least be there when you graduate, because as a Mel Tucker can Mel Tucker can sell that to recruits right now, say, "Hey, look, 
Unless something absolutely goes crazy, I'm going to be there when you walk across the stage to get your degree. Jim Harbaugh can't sell that right now. Well, I I don't know if that really is a factor as much anymore. It's more of the prestigiousness. I think it could be. It could be a little bit, but at the same time, though— if you're going to a Power 5 school, you're going to a Power 5 school, and that, that, that that's all that matters. So I, I, I really think, though, that um, – Oh, there's a touchdown. Sorry, Indiana just scored on Michigan State. Indiana did. Uh, oh, I, oh, okay. I, 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 I'm, I'm watching it on YouTube TV, so I've got like a 30-second delay. Well, Frank, you kind of once again, you know, we can show it, see your fandom here. You're you're really harsh on Michigan, but you know, your 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 team's getting blazed by Indiana too. Well, so I'm not. I, <laughs> so you know, I understand. Well, he, well, well look, because you haven't liked Harbaugh since he's been there, but you got to give him a little bit of credit. At least the program's to some relevance because it was going down to the point where it was like a, a, a school school like that was getting down to Mac level relevance and that's not good. I mean and I will, and I will acknowledge that. And it is tough. I mean let's face it. The Big 10 with Ohio State and Daddy Urban it made it top heavy. It, 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 it's, it's bad. I mean let's be honest with it. It's, no one can really compete out of the Big 10 unless you're in the opposite division in the West division. But then you play Ohio State and then end up probably losing or if someone does come out the East, it, you know, it's just it's such a grind. So to, to that retrospect, if you look at it, I mean, I don't think Harbaugh's done too bad. There's been a couple of Ohio State games that were kind of kind of questionable, especially that fourth and one where people were saying that was really a first down. If you ask Michigan fans, Ohio State fans say no. Neutral fans say, yeah, that was probably a first down that he had. Well, he, so he, I mean, here's a th- here's a thought it, here's, here's a thought a, for you guys that. on that. I this is something that I have heard, and you know I'm. Kind of starting to believe it. The Jim Harbaugh that we knew when he first came to Michigan, that guy died on that spot because I th- it's my belief that the team basically said, uh, said, "Oh, we didn't like the result we got. We quit." <laughs> you still could have you uh, Ohio State didn't win the game right there. Mm-hmm. You still could have made a stop. Hop and tackled Curtis Samuel, but when but of course you didn't, and you basically let him score, and we've kind of seen that since then. And the next year, Michigan goes eight and five. Then of course they win ten games the year after that, but give up a sixty burger. Right, where I I still believe that. Urban Meyer probably could have scored, had his guys score a hundred in that game. True. And then of course, and of course, we see it with uh, Daddy Day. Right. right. Well, well, the thing is with Day, I, I right now he's winning because he has the talent. He has all the talent. Yeah. I I wouldn't really say that that's all good coaching. I mean, he's doing well with, with, with taking over for Urban. Hasn't the, the rails haven't fallen off the ship? But as we all know, with a lot of coaches, let a couple of these classes go through and let's see how really good Ryan Day is as, a, as of a coach. It makes, you, it makes you you look a lot better as a coach when you got the talent stacked stacked in your in your deck there. So let's see how well he does with still keeping the program afloat, getting recruits in, and still and still coaching. I mean, right now. I you know I I give Ryan Day some credit the wins go on his record but right now I, I'm not like really impressed I'm not going to go on the, the the record and call him Daddy Day 
when we all uh, he's, know. He's basically Daddy Day to the rest of the Big Ten. Because you could call me Daddy Derek right now uh-huh. if I had that talent at Ohio State. And I don't know a damn thing about football. Well, as far as the intricacies as I do as much as basketball. So, uh, David, your thoughts? Yeah, I would, I would definitely say we should kind of, I don't want to say pump the brakes, but yeah, in, until he can get at least one or two recruiting of his guys in and kind of just kind of last little remnant of Urban Meyer's guys or Urban Meyer transfer one to play. Like, then we'll see kind of who, how Rand is. Because right now, and I hate to say it, like, all you basically have to do is be a game manager with these players and not screw it up. Like, again, you have this talent advantage. You're at this prestigious school. You can get four- and five-star talents just kind of walking, like, through the door. Like, hey, you know, Ryan Day, Ohio State. But, like, it's going to be that tough sell when you have to go in and, like, hey, here, what is what is his image? That's what I want to say. Like, what is Ryan Day's philosophy? What is his selling point going to be to his recruits outside of, hey, you can play in Columbus at the horseshoe? Like, I, I want to know what his offensive and defensive philosophies are going to be once he's, like, his recruiting classes come in. Because, that again, that's going to shape how – his tenure is going to last in Columbus, however long it lasts. Well, because my, my belief with Ryan Day has been and that I think within five years he's going to have NFL teams calling him because I believe that he has he has the, the, the intel, the know-how to coach in the National Football League. Now, I mean, it's probably within the next five years. I'm not saying it's going to be after this season or next season. But I think down the road, yeah, he's someone who NFL teams are going to want coaching. I mean, to, t- to tell you the truth, I think that I would, I'd actually like to have him coaching the Detroit Lions when Justin Fields come, holds, gets drafted by, and Justin Fields gets drafted by them. But that's just a dream scenario for me. And I'll just leave it at that. But but another thing about day two is, and I've heard this from people, well, who have sources around the Ohio State program. He's actually a lot. Di- he's a lot different. Th- this is where he's a lot different than Urban. Is that Urban really didn't like having people in his office unless it was a life or death emergency. Ryan Day, who is much more laid back, and he's actually he'll he'll say, "Hey, come on in if you want to talk. We're a family here." Here, I'll listen to you, and you know, I I actually have to give him his due for that. But, anyways, back to when Ohio State plays Michigan. I know Day has said that he's going to try and hang a hundred. I very well believe that that could happen, given as bad as I've seen Michigan's defense play. Hey, it could look like. Houston against SMU and uh, SMU, I believe they first played after coming back from the death penalty. Given the fact that Michigan just seemingly isn't good defensively, and I think by then their players are going to have likely quit because I think a lot of those guys have quit on the team. You think so? Yes, I do. David? Mm. I wouldn't necessarily say quit. I would say it's, it's definitely been a tough going for sure. But then I think at the same time, the one caution that we'll always have is that we always see in this rivalry 
like outside of a few cases, records don't really matter. And especially if it's a team that is like so, like everyone's looking down on them, I think that's going to provide even more motivation. And knowing it's already a rivalry, knowing that these teams already have bad blood, I honestly don't see why that game couldn't be as competitive, similar to kind of the, you know, Little Brother Bowl, where Michigan State was, what, a 28-point underdog going in? And they're like, rivalry's off the window. We're going to play competitive. I mean, I, I, well, well, David, I'll, I'll go back to what I said. Yeah, I was. I know they were a twenty-three point underdog. And yeah, they competed, but when you really look at it, Michigan State was not doing anything special. They were just running, doing a lot of basic plays. Hayes and Michigan just seemingly didn't want to make any adjustments. I mean, it's it's plays that that any defensive coordinator would say, okay. We got a wide receiver who's beating us constantly. Well, why don't we start playing safety help over the top? They didn't do that. Well, I mean, I can just see that in this. um, And I don't think it's. Like when Michigan, Ohio State plays, I could see Ohio State kind of, and we see it all the time, kind of playing down to your competition. I I don't. Because I've, I've said this about Ohio State. When they play Michigan. They don't want to beat them. They want to kill them. They're out for blood. They could be. They could put. They could put a hundred points up on them, and you know what they'd want to do? Put up a hundred and one. It's kind of like how Michael Jordan was. He could have won ten titles. He would have wanted eleven. Or Tom Brady, his favorite Super Bowl title, the next one. They're not. If they're Ohio State's not satisfied with just beating Michigan anymore. They want to kill them. It's their mindset. That's why it's why I believe Alabama football was so ho oh, good. It wasn't the it wasn't just a Nick Saban had talent. It's that we're not here to just win. We're here to dominate. We're here to crush you and we don't care whose feelings we hurt in the process. Yeah, but kind of in these games, all it takes is one little, one little lap. And except it, uh, again, it's, I, I, I just don't, I, I don't, don't see that, that happening likely, here. But you never know on Saturdays. Like it's any given Sunday. I, I know. Saturday, I mean, I've used. I've. I mean, look, I've used that. I've used that argument at times as well. But for this. You have one team that is clearly not in a different galaxy and another that looks like like there's a head coach who is disinterested and is probably going to be on his way out the door. And I'm not now I'm not I'm not saying that that it's going to be that he's going to be that Ward Manual and administration is going to say we've re- come out at the Monday after the Ohio State game and say Jim Harbaugh has been relieved of his duties. No, I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be he he's going to step down on his own and go back to the NFL. Where that is, I really don't know. Oh, but it's, it's I mean, it looks like that he's he just doesn't seem as interested in 
the actual game. It's all the it's all wearing his face mask with his microphone underneath when he's got his big old wad of Copenhagen in. <laughs> and wearing uh instead of wearing khakis, it's the blue pants. It, it's he, I don't, he he just seems disinterested. And I and I and from what I've seen is he from players is there's guys that look like they say, "You know what? We've lost twice already." He, we're not gonna win it. We're not gonna win anything of value anymore. Here, or we're done. And I think you're gonna see it further tonight with Wisconsin coming in. Now, granted, I know Wisconsin hasn't played in the last couple of weeks because of COVID. But seeing what both Michael Penix Jr. and Rocky Lombardi did to, have done to Michigan's defense, and this is all predicated if Graham Mertz ends up starting. I think Wisconsin is going to have a field day, and it's not just going to be running the ball with uh, uh, Garrett Groshek, who I think is their top running back now, because Mertz has shown that he can really sling it around, especially the game against Illinois. And as bad as Michigan's pass defense is, I think he's going to have another big game. If Michigan loses three straight... That's pr- that's pretty much it. They're done, and I think. And who knows? Maybe you'll start seeing other players opt out. Say, yeah, I'm done. We're gonna get ready for the NFL, or opt out because of COVID, or something like that. Not saying it will happen, but I'm saying it's a so. If Harbaugh leaves, you think Matt Campbell takes it? You know, I've I've heard Matt Campbell's name mentioned. I mean, is him being a replacement? I I could buy it. But he, I'm gonna. I mean, there's been people who said, "Head, well, what about Pat Fitzgerald? Pat Fitzgerald's not leaving Northwestern. He's a per, he's uh, he's purple all the way through." You know, I mean, there's uh, the, there's other names too I've heard. I've even heard people say, "Oh, well, they should go get Mike Tomlin." Uh, David, David, you're the Steelers fan here. Wait, Mike Tomlin's not gonna go to the college Wait, ranks. Am I right? I, I just want to know who said that because they are. Smoking that. <laughs> exactly, David. Like, well, you never know. Mike like, said, you know, he might get. Likely that, like, I would much. The strongest likely candidate I could see is probably someone from the college game going to Michigan. I don't see. Like, the only other thing that I can think of is someone trading Jim Harbaugh for Matt Patricia and even Detroit Lions fans. Like, nah, we're good. <laughs> hey, like, I don't. I mean, look, Jim Harbaugh would be a better her coach for the Lions than Matt Patricia, but that's like saying riding a bike is better than walking somewhere. But and also, but other other names too. I've heard that. I think what Michigan has to do is they've got to let go of this whole. We must have a Michigan man because they they you Michigan as a whole clings to Bo Schembechler. Way too much. They think, oh, we must have a Michigan man. We must do it all this way. No. Oh, does Alabama say, oh, we must do things Bear Bryant's way? That they doesn't do it, happen. They do it Nick Saban's way, though. Exactly. But it's winning way. And before, but before Nick Saban got there, to his credit, they did kind of do it Bear Bryant's way. So. Yeah, you can't. You can't be doing it the ways that. That predecessor, that 
the coaches of the past did because that's not ninety nine times out of a hundred that's not gonna work. It's uh, you got to do things in the present. Now back to coaches who I've heard considered. I've heard Kyle Whittingham out of Utah who. I think has done has done a remarkable job out there, out in the Pac-12. Utah's not necessarily a brand name school, well, but he get he gets talent there and he coaches those guys up. And and here's a an name that I did see pop up that I think would be real interesting is Mario Cristobal at Oregon. Oh, now 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 here's my thoughts. I do think I th- I think Cristobal would be a great hire for Michigan because for one he I, I mean look I know people point to him at Florida International and say that he kind of well, fell off a cliff there after getting him somewhat decent but at the same time he really beca- he actually rebuilt his pedigree after going to Alabama and working under Nick Saban for a couple years. And he's taken a lot of what he's learned from Saban and brought that to Oregon. Because o- Oregon, and like under Chip Kelly, Mark Helfrich, and those guys, they're always a, oh, let's run run a play every 10 seconds, and our players are not going to be big and strong and fast. There's always just fast, but not really st- big and strong. Well, the... Uh, the way Cristobal has him now is he's actually realizes, hey, we can still have speed, need on offense and defense, but we got to build you up in the trenches, and he's actually done that. And I mean, here's I mean, I'll even throw out one name for you on, yeah, in the in the trenches from Oregon. That's Panay Sewell, who was exp- I know we opted out this year because of COVID. But he's actually expected to be one of the top offensive linemen taken in the NFL draft. So I think Cristobal is somebody that knows how to build up a program. you got to basically build him up in the trenches first. He's going to get li- get linemen in. He's done a really nice job there. So I think that that would be the name I've – if I was a Michigan fan, that would be the name I would want. Someone who has been – who's – Maybe done a little. Who's done some work under Saban, and who's considered the widely the best coach in college football. Oh, and doesn't bring in like extra uh, smoke and mirrors, or hey, I'm gonna go sleep over at some recruit's house just to get him to come humming, or or pour Gatorade out of my cornflakes. No. Oh. This guy's going to actually get results without any of the extra crap. You just you had to add that, didn't you? Well, I mean, that's uh, that's pretty much what, uh, that's what Harbaugh's done because uh, he hasn't been able to sell results too much, so he's got to do all this extra, all this ha-ha, happy horse bleep. David, your final words on this as we wrap up this segment. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether, because I, I don't think Harbaugh gets an extension. There's no way. Like, unless they win a national championship next year, and it's kind of like, a, hey, we finally did it after, you know, seven years. But it'll be interesting to see whether they try to go kind of with that name, kind of recognizable name, the face to kind of continue to have a face or a program with a kind of a prestigious 
brand or if they try to go kind of younger because for what it's worth, rowing the boat worked well in Western Michigan and now look what you, you know, what's happening in Minnesota. Like obviously this year is a little different because of just everything that's happened. But like if you can build a program, they'll find you whether you're at a big school or small school. And I think a lot of coaches and a lot of programs should start shifting and seeing, like, look at the sustained success that some of these coaches are having at these kind of group of five programs because a lot of those coaches are making names for themselves in the power five ranks. Mm, nice. Yeah, and, all, and like I said also, Michigan's got to let go of their past with Bo Schembechler. I don't know if they're still on that same pass. I mean, they're looking for well. If, 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 well, the thing is, a lot, a lot of the alums they'll go walking through buildings like, "Hey, Bo Schembechler stood here with me." Or where did this happen, Frank? Where have you seen it's, that? Yeah. Where, have it's, you, where have you seen that? It's not that? stuff that I've seen personally, but it it seems like it's a lot of stuff. It's you can kind of see it happen, or you hear about it. Say, Bo Schembechler is still. Idolized, and I mean, look, I'm not saying that he should be though. I mean, it's not like to the point where I, I, I guess I'm trying to trying to see what you're trying to make out of this. They they like Bo Schembechler, but I don't think that basically all their values and everything is into this man right now. It, it's, well, the it's whole a fact the they whole do having honor to, him. the whole having to the whole we must hire a Michigan man. That's his saying, but I don't know if if, if him if Harbaugh is gone. They're going to get a Michigan man. You got to remember, though, you brought in a guy that wasn't a Michigan man like Rich Rodriguez, yeah, and pretty I'm, much it almost crumbled the program. So that's why you say, hey, get a Michigan man. And they, once again, they got a Michigan man in Jim Harbaugh, but he's actually look done. Looking. It's looking decent. I say it's decent. You, you understand here I mean, that it's, 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 be- it's Ohio better State, than it was. Right. Ohio State is a totally different beast, and a lot of the Michigan fans, obviously with the rivalry with Ohio State, is looking for Michigan – to be on that 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 pedestal as a Ohio State, but let's let's be honest. Not every team could be like an Ohio State. Not every team could be like an Alabama. There's only going to be four or five teams in the country that are going to be tops of the top. And if they're getting all the cream of the crop athletes, then what does that leave you? And not to mention you're competing with other teams. Real quick, talk about Minnesota because you didn't. You needed to go back to that. Why are they trash? Is it because of the talent, or is it because of PJ Fleck? Well, I'm not so sure it's because of talent, because they did have some guys returning. They had Tanner Morgan, their quarterback, return. Rashad Bateman was somebody who returned. But also, I know in the first couple weeks of the season, they they were missing the whole right side of their offensive line. They were missing their kicker. They were missing a bunch of other guys because of COVID. And, of course, I think they – I just don't think they've been able to mentally recover from it. Then they go and they lose to Maryland in overtime, albeit because their kicker, they had a their like third string kicker in who couldn't hit a timely extra point. They did beat Illinois, but that's not saying much because I th- Illinois is just pr- is probably the worst team in the Big Ten. Although you could probably say there's a lot of teams that are bad in the conference because I think as a whole the Big Ten is just down this year. Okay. Because even right now, I mean, I'll say this because David's a Penn State fan. Penn State's losing to Nebraska 24 nothing. 
<laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think you're the ill. So, I mean, really, the, the Big Ten East, I guess, is becoming the Big Ten least because you have, you have Ohio State, you have Indiana, then I guess you could say you could have Maryland, and that's it. Right. And really, from the West, I mean, Northwestern does look better than what they were last year. I think Peyton Ramsey's really made a nice difference for them at quarterback. Purdue, I mean, I'm not really sure what Purdue is. I know they've, I know they're unbeaten. They will play Northwestern today, but I don't know what the deal with Rondell Moore is. I guess he his hamstring still hurt, or hmm. I mean, Nebraska is. I mean, they got decapitated by Ohio State. Now it looks like they're actually somewhat decent. They're beating Penn State. But then again, I, I'm i starting to think that Penn State just looks like a dumpster fire. Although, to be, to be fair, David, I do know that Journey Brown, unfortunately, had his career cut short, or which is, which is a shame in itself. And I know there's been other guys, too, but... <laughs> I've also heard those say, yeah, James Franklin is a boob and a snake oil salesman. But I digress. So I I just think the Big Ten is just not as good this year as in years past. But I've seen, but I've, but that's a song and dance that I've seen before. Hmm. Okay, well, we'll take a commercial break and uh, you got that off your chest, didn't you? Oh yeah, you, you just had to get it off your chest. I so. just had, just had to address it because I do know that we have fans of both Michigan State and Michigan who will listen to this. Yeah, that's and very I mean, I'm just, and I think I just said that what needed to be said. All right. Well, now we'll get into uh, after the break, David's winners and losers. David, give us a little preview. Uh, one team, we're just going to keep talking about this until they fix it. And someone that you shouldn't expect on the winner's list, but there is a reason. Mm. <laughs> did I, did I kind of give away a loser already with the state of Michigan? <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to touch on Michigan. Well, well what about, what about uh, the NFL team in the state of Michigan? I, I have so, I have something to say about that, but I'll let you uh, say, speak your piece first. Well, we'll get into commercial break. You guys are taking too long here. I mean, you can be in the chatter, bant back and forth. We'll do that, and you can banter back and forth in the second. You listen to 88.3, 88.3 WGTs after further review. Make sure you always check us out on iTunes and on SoundCloud. Coming up next, we got David the Man of God Harris's winners and losers for college NFL football. <laughs> 